Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. That's right. And it's that magical time of year for many folks. Um, maybe not so magical for just as many other folks. But it is back to school time, baby. It is late August, early September. All the little ones are back. The adults are back to just being in the trenches of kids in school and so school we thought buses. we'd celebrate school buses are back oh on the God. road yeah everybody's Traffic back on the road heavier <laughs> mm-hmm. yep and i for one say hallelujah because i have two kids who need to go back to school quite frankly because not only are they getting <laughs> stupider by the day but they also spend way too much time shenanigating during the summer and that is the truth of it but i suppose that's what summer's for when you're a kid and that's why I mean, we covered we chose two very, very back-to-school movies. Both from 1998. Yeah, and both really, and I said this before we jumped on, are paired together like a fine wine because they are both about angsty high school outcasts and they are both about just disenfranchised youth. And they also, to me, both reminded me that it's okay to be dumb when you're a teenager. That's what you're supposed to be. So without any further ado, tonight we're going to cover the faculty and disturbing behavior. Um, so get out your your 90s, get out your your flannel, get out your offspring, dust off the offspring CD, uh, put your flagpole sitter up because yeah. wait, is that is that that song? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> because we are diving right back into the nostalgia of the 90s. And I have to say, I'm going to start off by saying none of this happens without Scream, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Actually, I didn't realize that Kevin Williamson wrote the faculty well allegedly well yeah he didn't actually write it right he's actually the guy who just came in and did the final touches but i think they were smart enough to know that putting the kevin williamson touch on it was not stupid but directed by robert rodriguez to the faculty also had i looked mind blown and i was like wait like not like the robert rodriguez like (laughs) not like from dusk till dawn robert rodriguez oh yeah and i was like super excited but I, I mean it makes a whole lot of sense to me the way like ne- like knowing that now and thinking about it like it makes perfect sense that he's the one that wrote, uh, directed the movie yeah completely I think there's a lot of Robert Rodriguez in it is he canceled do I have to do the like separate the art and the artist here I feel like he's canceled I, I don't we kind of talked yeah. about that when we did Planet yeah, Terror like, fuck off Robert he, Rodriguez he, he, I think he yeah might be he was canceled. shitty to Rose McGowan he probably knew yeah. about Weinstein so I'm gonna cordially invite him as a person to go fuck yeah, off I think we're gonna but, have to do the yeah separate. do the old art and the artist so I'm not it. gonna spend too much time on him hashtag yes I support and believe Rose McGowan whatever the case Williamson was supposed to direct I think Williamson should have directed yeah so he kind of jumped in at the last minute he put the Kevin Williamson touch on it in my opinion um I think with uh, I read a fun fact that if without this movie we may not have ever had Elijah Wood as Frodo because one of the guys who played one of the teachers was like dude you should totally try out for that role that sounds amazing so thank you to the faculty for that released on Christmas day in 1998 this is to me hot off of the scream train this is the let's revitalize teen horror but what I love about it is that it's a very anti-80s teen horror I think that it's a very what one of the things I do respect about the 90s horror movies looking back now as I'm starting to like kind of be able to look at them with a more academic lens is that they are an evolution from the 80s slashers. They're an evolution from why we got bored and sick and tired of that particular, you know, subgenre of 80s ridiculousness. These are smart kids doing smart things, and I'm here for it. I I actually have that note about the difference between, you know, in the night around this time in the 90s. You know, we had the 80s slashers. This is the time in the mid to late 90s where the, we suddenly get the 90s slashers, the 90s teen yeah. horror movies. And what I like about this is that it remains a, a really good teen horror movie without needing that slasher element. Like they peppered in that sci-fi. Yeah, this and was it more sci-fi. really, really well mm-hmm. 
with like fitting into that like you know it's still among the screams i know what you did last summer's obviously disturbing behavior but it really but way more sci-fi yeah yeah way and, more it's, sci-fi. and it's i forgot it's been probably a year or two since i've seen it i forgot how much i liked this movie and honestly when we talk about disturbing behavior that's a first watch for me I really don't think I've ever, if wow, I saw this movie, okay. I saw it in 1998 and completely forgot completely absolutely forgot, yeah. everything. Absolutely everything. But I really don't think I saw that movie. That's um, really funny. Um, but yeah, with the with the faculty. Um, to me, was, it's, oh God, sorry. No, 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 I would go ahead. I, I, no, you go, you finish your thought. I was just going to say the faculty, one thing that it does, that it happened in a lot of 90s movies. And I want to think that I can pinpoint the 90s, maybe early 2000s, it has one of my absolute favorite tropes is when you have (laughs) the boy, there's always one boy who is apathetic. He's kind of a loner. Mm -hmm. He's kind of a a rebel Mm daddy. But he is so fucking smart. You know, like it automatically reminded me (laughs) of Troy Dyer, uh, Ethan Hawke's character in Reality Bites. You know, like it's, it's, you know, jess from gilmore girls you know he's the one that always has a fucking jd salinger book in his back pocket but he's also you know gonna tell you to fuck off and blah 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 like i love that like loner whatever boy but he's like crazy smart he's super well read for me i love that when he puts his little scientist glasses on 16 year old me squeed a little bit (laughs) Um, it makes me so happy it really especially is like you know Let's talk Pinnacle. Oh my God. 16 year old me had it bad for Josh Hartnett. (laughs) So this movie checked every box for me. Um, And I got to tell you, I think shout out to Clea Duvall because she also did it for me with this movie. I was like, me, I don't know what to do. Um, But yeah, no, she is just so adorable in every 90s movie she's in. Why? And I love that she works consistently in, in TV now, but man, she was delightful in the 90s. I wanted to be her even though she played the quirky arty girl that I would never be. <laughs> yeah, she was. I, I, I Just like the pixie fat, uh, pixie dream girl, right? Like she oh, was the girl the I wanted pixie to dream be. Girl. Yes, you know, yes. like she was the Ali Sheedy of the Breakfast Club, you Thank know, like you. there yeah. was some really messy eyeliner, you know, and of course, because she Smoky was eyes. a bit of an outcast, she was a little different. She was pegged to be a lesbian because clearly, you know, Ooh, if yeah. you're not like a cute little popular girl, and it's like that that's not how that works you know dude that well, this- was was how it worked in the 90s i was a girl yeah. who was well, a junior in 1998 and was quirky i was a lesbian yeah. too <laughs> of course it's fine because i had feelings for glenn duval back then so i, I wasn't that hard on denying it we're just call that yeah. one i also <laughs> like the faculty because unlike a lot of the other movies that are coming out in the horror genre for this teen demographic in this movie we have the delight of elijah wood being a final boy which i mean elijah wood does no wrong in my book ever 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 i think he is quite the talented actor i mean i think about him being this the final boy in this movie and then i'm reminded that he was a fucking monster in the remake of maniac and he was so creepy and he was so scary in maniac but then he's just like the little blue-eyed cute boy in this movie so i have such such a soft spot like i'm telling you like if oh it's an elijah wood movie i'll watch it i'm fine i love him he's yeah i'm so glad i've never seen the maniac remake i don't think i can emotionally handle it it's Um, you know what you're like no not my frodo not my baby frodo not today satan no you don't at all you don't get him he is he is creepy he is grody he's just he he does it so good he does it so good so yeah no very but yeah no that so all of that to say yay we get a final boy movie yeah amongst this teen 90s horror you know we've got you know nev campbell reigns supreme as the queen of the 90s horror you got jennifer love hewitt you got buffy you got a very female lead so many and then you get this like hey here comes Elijah Wood. And you get like, like the little adorable nugget final boy, not like the, you know what I mean? Like I've yeah. rooted for every character so hard in this. And to me, this movie does such a good job of taking like the breakfast club, the the body snatchers and the thing, putting it in a blender and shaking it up with a little sprinkle of Dawson's Creek. And I am so fucking here for it because to me, it was just a pure delight. Like I was just, and like the the fun creature effects the ridiculousness of it the 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 who done it all like the you know like 
the mystery i was suspicious of the girl from georgia but that's because she was from georgia but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um this also like, had such a star-studded cast there gr- was there was so many who of I 90s mean, heartthrobs yeah the the uh, and even like the teachers you know yeah. i forgot I forgot that Robert Patrick was the football coach, which, I mean, obviously you look at him, it's the nineties. He's T 1000, you know, I, you know, he, he's, he's, he's so adorable. He really is. And if anybody has watched, Oh, Frig, what's it called? What's the newer superhero thing on HBO with John Cena? Oh, um, do you really want to do? Yeah. Robert Patrick is in that. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, he plays his dad and he's like a yeah. oh, fucked hard racist. And like, it's just, and it's just so it's, I watch that and like, I'm like, no, no, not Robert Patrick, not sweet baby angel. Peacemaker. That's what I couldn't think Peacemaker, of. Peacemaker, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. All I could think of was the eagle. Eagly, the oh, evil. I, I just love that. That is one Bugged of my all-time evil. favorite um, opening themes, and that's oh, yeah, saying no, something because I grew up in the eighties. But um, yeah, no, Ursher's in this. Jordana Brewster before Fast and the Furious. You have John Stewart playing one of the teachers. Yeah, there were, I mean this this movie was a, a true delight. Um, now I want to jump in real <laughs> quick to a couple things. First of all, I love this movie to me got deeper than I expected it to. So to Kevin Williamson's credit, maybe unfairly to Robert Rodriguez's credit, even um, there's a couple themes and a couple things that are done that I think are really clever. Um, but before that, Jackie, can we please dive into the portrayal of teachers in film? Because I need to just get on my soapbox for a minute. Listen, there are a lot of us that are lazy bastards. Um, and I will openly admit that the nineties was a different time in teaching. Because in the 90s, I used to go outside in between classes and smoke cigarettes with my teachers. Like, if I didn't have a lighter, I could be, like, broken up on my light. You know, like, it was just a different world. And teachers, and we'll talk more to this with disturbing behavior, teachers got away with more back then. So when she calls out Zeke in the parking lot and she says all that shit, that would definitely get her fired. Mm -hmm. All I keep thinking is, oh, my God, every kid would have their camera on him. Oh, my God, she's canceled. Oh, my God, she's losing her job before the end of the day. Because I, I teach in the world where everything you say is probably being recorded you're if you start acting a fool the first thing that's gonna i mean i can't even like there's no yelling at kids anymore there's no like reprimanding them there's no calling them out now granted on the football field that's probably a place where they i still see a lot of that but um and i thought it was cute that apparently they used a real football game for the footage oh yeah Uh, yeah and a real like football stadium full of people which i thought was cute um because they were in texas so obviously it wasn't hard to find high school football people are taking too seriously (laughs) but um the couple of themes that i loved is number one that drugs drugs could save (laughs) i think that in a world and in a genre where drugs are known to be equated with your death equated with your downfall i think this kid like he literally was just giving them speed right like he was just giving them caffeine pills yeah and and i love that they never really went into what was in it i love that it wasn't some hardcore terrifying drug it was just some goofy shit that kids will do right um, and I'm in no way, shape, or form condoning serious drug use here, obviously. But what I am saying, it was refreshing to see the drug be, like, the good thing and not the thing that gets the ball killed. I thought that was clever. The other thing I loved, 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 and I'm going to talk about this with both of these films, was when Elijah Wood said to her, yeah, you wouldn't like it here anyway. And this suggestion or theme in this film that we as humans are the worst and mm-hmm. we aren't really very good at accepting adults aren't good at accepting children's fl- flaws and faults we are so busy and i'm going to get to this where i talk where when i go on my rant about um another brick in the wall cuz what are you doing remaking that but i'll put a pin in that for now um like <laughs> I-, I think normal isn't good normal like perfect isn't better like what i loved most about this film was that it said it was okay to be the weird kid it was okay to take chances it was okay to be a kid who fucked up and made choices and took risks because both of these films for me just really reminded me to take it a little easier on my own teenagers because we're so busy trying to adult them and trying to force them into conforming and force them into capitalism and force them into everything and i'll talk to this with disturbing behavior too but man, I loved the suggestion that we suck as a race, but we we wouldn't have it any other way. Because I think that translated beautifully. And they spent the whole beginning of the movie just showing, it's it's like, I have to equate it to Ghostbusters 2. When, you know, you have the mood slime under New York City, and there's just so much 
anger and hate and just negativity in that city that it feeds the mood slime. The whole beginning of this movie was just teachers bitching at other teachers, oh, yeah. teachers bitching at students, students fighting. Like there was just so much negativity in the beginning. To 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 kind of counterpoint what you're saying, the one thing I don't like that happened at the end of this movie is we spend all this time talking about you know fighting against conformity and just you know be yourself and it's okay to be yourself and you know but Clea Duvall's character changes at the end of this film she goes from wearing all black wearing her eyeliner kind of smudgy like yeah I was that annoyed out, by that, that too out, kind mm-hmm. of outcast to so at the end of the movie she's got Looking you know cute. softer makeup mm-hmm. on and she's in pastels and it's right. like don't I feel do like that you, right she, yeah like right you know, stand like you for who you were when mm-hmm. you look like you worked at like the indie bookstore. A hot topic, like, that's right? Fine, yeah, a hundred percent. It bothered me that they changed her. Like that's the one thing that really got me is that, and also I thought it was. I didn't like that there was suddenly this pairing of Elijah Wood and Jordan Oh, Brewster's come on. Character. You got to root for him to get the bitchy hot no, girl. No, like, it's cute that he gets the girl. But to <laughs> me, it kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere. Like, oh, well, we've got to pair them up. So that I didn't. Oh, like, I was shipping them from the start. I, I didn't absolutely love that pairing. Fair um, enough. I liked, yeah, it was a little forced. I liked Stan and Stokely getting paired up at the end. I just, I just hated that they like suddenly dressed her in pastels because- now that she's got a now that she's got a man she has she's right you know, she opened shed up her identity flowers. right yes. like yeah, the like, suggestion that the gothic look is is indicative of something's wrong or you're unfulfilled or you're not okay right. uh, yeah i agree with you because it goes against the whole theme of like fuck you yeah. don't conform we're gonna play another brick in the wall you know what i mean like yeah. I, I you're so right jackie that's a good call the other thing that made me cringe at that was the teacher and the kid i was like oh that's a no-no that's i don't care if he's a 19 year old senior still a fucking crying yeah. lady that's a big no-no for me <laughs> i think it's pretty funny too that um you know it, a lot of times in the teen movies you know you have a girl with a ponytail and glasses and she's the ugly girl and you take off the ponytail and glasses and suddenly she's gorgeous i like how they cast the actress they cast what is femka jensen jensen yeah. whatever her name is who is gorgeous. so goddamn gorgeous. gorgeous and we're like we're gonna yeah, make femka her jensen. crazy we're going to put glasses and a cardigan on her. And she's Cause we're be still doing that like, trip. Yeah. She's yeah. kind of like ugly. Cause we put glasses on her. Cause and, in the know, late nineties, they were still like, doing that. Yeah. You could put like actual dog poop on her. And, and she still would still be the most gorgeous person on the planet. Like you can't, you cannot fugly Femke. Yansen. But don't forget it wasn't until I, and I'm going to, you're going to laugh at me here. But in 2001, not another teen movie comes out, which I know I love way more than any human being should. <laughs> so but, good. So good. <laughs> but that movie really makes us all go, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. There's exactly. a fucking hot girl. She's got Peyton overalls on. Like, oh, look, okay. she's wearing glasses. Like, you know, like, and it's so, look at the paint daughter overalls. But she's it's, got a ponytail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but exactly. like I you know don't forget we're still kind of in the heyday it's a gentler time it's a just the beginning of the internet time sweet baby you and me are high, hanging out in high school living our best lives and and this this was our reality we still weren't smart enough to realize how fucking ludicrous that was you know and I'm not <laughs> defending it but I do this made me I mean this this made me miss the 90s there I said it I said oh, it you know yeah. me I'm, I'm not one to say that often but no, um, I loved it I, I absolutely like both of these movies that we watched I mean the fact that the faculty opens up like the you know we get that hardcore riff and we break into an offspring song like i love when the 90s movies just explode <laughs> with that like alternative so often rock. that yeah and oh i feel like God, that fucking so song well. so let's do soundtracks because both of these films have pretty banging soundtracks oh, so good and i want to do a battle and see which one wins for for you wow okay Okay, so I did I did do my research, so I'm going to tell you. So the big hit, obviously, to come out of the faculty is the ni- class of 99's cover of Not Another Brick in the Wall. Then there's uh, some Oasis on there. There's lots of Offspring. There's Creed, Soul Asylum, Garbage, Sheryl Crow. Okay? Yeah. Now, uh, Disturbing Behavior, the big song to come out of it is Harvey Danger's Flagpole Sitta. Still a, a rocking hit, in my opinion, to this Classic. day. Still thing, still a song that's held up too. Kids all know this song. This song gets like yeah. a lot of love 
Oh yeah, it was just. I I still rock that song. Mm -hmm. Well, I was watching a show that every kid I know who's in high school uh, is obsessed with, and they did a cover of uh, "My Own Worst Enemy" by Lit, and I was like, "Wow, that song still holds up with y'all, huh?" I was like, "Interesting." Um, But anyway, this soundtrack a little harder, but a little more exciting. It's got "Got You Where I Want You" by The Flies, which is such a good song. I love that. Um, it's got the Funk Junkies. It's got Jack Drag, Eva Trout, but a lot heavier, a little more funkadelic. But um, you know, also includes Flag Pulsita. So, which one are you putting on? I'm I'm probably putting on the faculty. Same. I yeah. I think that that's really where I wasn't much. I mean, if we're going like 1998, Jackie, like you know, clearly the alternative rock route. But I wasn't so much into the deep cuts. Like I yeah, had the radio either. on 24 seven. Like. I think that I would go, I'm going to the faculty. I think I'm, older, wiser, I can appreciate disturbing behavior. Yeah, like I can a, throw that one on in the background mm-hmm. kind of thing. I would put the faculty on when I'm about to do like an elliptical workout. Like I'll rock out to the faculty soundtrack that way. Agreed. But I'm going to shut it off before another brick in the wall because that shit's blasphemy. Uh, yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs> and I think pound for pound disturbing behavior wins on the big song that made it big because- yeah but like fly pulse it is still such an iconic song um so let's talk really quick about another brick in the wall because ironically both of these films feature that song uh the faculty had that remember the video for it where it was all of them like mouthing the lyrics yeah (laughs) (laughs) they thought they were so cool i remember Um, back then being like why are they doing this i remember being yeah even yeah no i watched it because josh harnett was in it but i was (laughs) No, so true. But obviously this song, you know, from the wall, an, a very obvious comment on education. And I think it's still very poignant. So Roger Waters has been quoted as being like, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't about teachers being bad. It wasn't about, you know, indicting all of education. He was like, but rather it's an indictment on the aspects that kill your individuality and pressure young kids to conform to the adult norms and grow up far too soon and i was like that is so true and listen we all for those of you who are a little older you grew up with teachers that sucked um and you grew up with teachers who really made you feel like you weren't okay to be yourself you also grew up in a world where and we all are still growing up in that world where you're forced when your brain is still very young to be very adult and it's not fair like sitting around in desks for eight hours i'm so glad they don't make kids do that as much anymore and i also think that they still very like they made us buy into capitalism they made us buy into all this bullshit i agree that in that way education sucks but the other thing that he said and i'm gonna um obviously link the article in the notes is from american songwriters magazine an article called behind the meaning of another brick in the wall part two um he went to talk about how he was physically and emotionally abused by teachers in his schools growing up i mean waters probably grew up when in like 50s um no he was already no, making music no, in the 60s, yeah, so 40s or, 50s, 40s or 50s and how he felt as though they were trying to control his mind at all times which i think is a beautiful segue into disturbing behavior mm-hmm. and why i think it was brilliant that that movie like another brick in the wall belonged in disturbing behavior more than it belonged in the faculty in my opinion because you're right the faculty isn't really a horror movie it's a sci-fi movie and it's not that the teachers are evil they were taken over by aliens it's not their yeah, fault they got I body mean, snatched some of them got a little better when they were body snatched like the one who sobered up and actually <laughs> the, i mean jesus it's so hard to overlook those problematic jokes jackie like they just like a guy's gonna drink in the faculty room and then walk into the classroom and not know what chapter he's on even my worst teachers were able to get their shit together enough to remember what chapter we were learning. Like, come on. And then like, there's always the, the teacher that's going to sleep with the kid, the teacher, the old lady who dies. Uh, but that's probably her comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be me soon in the closet. Um, oh, Marissa didn't take to the alien. She's too old. I'm not going to lie. I did not recognize Selma Hayek at first. What? Like, oh, for he, like yeah. the first like 10 seconds she was on the screen, like my brain didn't process that that was Selma Hayek. Like, what is she doing? Her character is also portrayed kind of cringy. Yeah. Like, why she got me popping? Like, she's popping pills. She's the nurse. Like, oh, God. And I did laugh really hard when she was like, oh, I'm saving my sick days for when I feel better. Because we, yeah. that's hashtag what facts. Oh yeah. Oh man. All right. So um yeah, now that I've gone off on a tangent about another brick of the wall, Jackie, what else about the faculty? It was delightful. 
It was delightful. Um, I thought another thing that I thought the faculty did extremely well is, and I mean, it's very much like um, the thing and uh, invasion of the body snatchers where it's somehow, even though it is a wide open area, a wide open environment, they do the isolation horror so well because Agreed. it's, it's one of those things where there's, there's nowhere that's safe, you know, and they talk about that in the movie. Like at one point it's like, it took what 48 hours to get all of the faculty and most of the students, you know, give them a week and they've got all of Ohio and they start spreading kind of thing. So I thought it did such a good job with the isolation horror, even though you have the whole school, the whole town, the whole everything. It, it, I, I think it did it well. So, um, but we can, we can, the, the, I'm sorry. I also think the homage to the thing where they all had to sniff it mm-hmm. was self-aware enough to be like, yeah, this is a total shout out to this film. I think they even reference it, but um, at one point in the movie, but um. I thought it was, I, I was like kind of titillated. I really wanted to, I wanted to figure out who was, who was the alien. So I was like, even though this is a trope, even though they janked it right from the thing, I'm, I'm kind of Well, excited. and I like, I also like that pretty much, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, the alien did win at one point. Because even when Elijah Wood, you know, goes to stab and kills the, the queen alien, she shoots out all her little fucking wormy dealies at him mm-hmm. and it goes into him. Like he gets infected yeah, face, immediately. Yeah. And I mean, that's it, you know? And then luckily they were, you know, dead on with their theory that you kill the queen, you kill them all. But I liked that pretty much at no point, like everybody, everybody got got, you know? I yeah, think Josh yeah. Hartnett was the only one that truly never Yeah, he's got the only infected. one who never got infected. But like yeah. I love that cuz like at the one point when they were running for, through the pool when Elijah Wood and Clea Duvall are running from away in the pool room, you know, uh Clea Duvall gets captured and she goes underwater and he ends up saving her. And I remember thinking like look, you were in the water the whole time and like you're just okay, like it didn't get you, but it turns out it did get her. Like I like that at some point everybody was revealed to have been infected by the alien. Yeah, Um, no, that was clever. Yeah, and like I said, even, I mean, there was like the CGI was, it wasn't the worst I've seen in the 90s. It wasn't great. This isn't isn't industrial light and magic, but like the scene when like (laughs) Femke's head is off her body and she's got like kind of the octopus tentacles like shuffling back to her body. It wasn't the worst CGI. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't too bad for 1998. No, I was fun. I had fun with it. I'm with you. Now, to me, disturbing behavior comes out the same year, Mm -hmm. doesn't hold up as well. It doesn't. I feel like a lot. I think this is a more forgettable, more forgettable movie for some reason, even though it's done really well. I, I really did enjoy it. Like I said, this so this was a first time watch for me. Um, You've got uh, James Marsden, Marsden, who I always think of as like the Walmart version of Chris Pine. Um, oh, I think he's yeah. cute as a button. <laughs> Um, and you've got Katie Holmes in this. And at first, Katie Holmes kind of plays like, you know, wrong side of the tracks kind of girl. And my first thought was like, oh, she's trying to shake the Dawson's Creek. You know, she's trying to shake the Joey character. But honestly, I, I looked it up. I mean, she started doing Dawson's Creek in January of 1998. This movie comes out in July of 98. So she hasn't even been invested in that character long enough to be like, oh, I need to shake this like goody goody character. Um, so yeah, like that was that was my first thought. Like she's she's trying to not be Joey, but really Joey wasn't like super established enough for her to want to do that. So it was cool that she took this role on. But yeah, it's Katie Holmes is the big name, James Marston is the big name. Uh, um, written by someone you love. Scott oh, Rosen. Oh, Scott Rosenberg, who also wrote, wait for it, Con Air, baby. Oh, nice. See, that's why this movie was good. <laughs> that's why it's that delightful. That makes so much sense. That is delightful. Isn't um, that funny? I thought you'd appreciate that. I also directed by that. David Nutter, who would go on to direct in pretty big TV, like Shameless Game of Thrones. He really went okay. on to find a good, yeah. Nick Stahl 
is is one of the guys in the movie. Now, mm-hmm. I remember him from like a handful of movie in the 90s. Yeah. I think the thing that I remember him the most from was that show on HBO, Carnival. Have you ever watched that? No. Also starring Clea Duvall, I believe. I'm almost positive. Oh, yeah. now we got to love her. It's fantastic. And they got screwed by HBO and got canceled after two seasons. Oh, and no. you can look it up online and the writers and the directors of the show like actually wrote out, well, hey, here's what happens in season three. I highly recommend it. Oh, like, thank goodness. Carnival okay. is fantastic. All right. As um, long as I could get a happy conclusion some way or another. Well, well, I mean, like, as long as I get that closure, I can't have another Freaks and Geeks in my life. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend Carnival. So, and I remember him also. He was, I can't remember the name of the movie, but he was in a movie with Mel Gibson and Jamie Lee Curtis. And like Mel Gibson was like, uh, like a fighter pilot or something in the 40s. And he goes into like kind of a Captain America program where he like he goes undergoes I, being frozen. I know what you're talking about. And he's yeah. called out in the 90s, but he's still young. And and he Jamie Lee Curtis is a nurse. And like I remember Nick Forever Stahl young. was a kid. Forever, thank you. That used to show up on HBO all the time all the when time. I was younger. Yep. And I watched it. Honestly, I remember being a little kid watching it. And that is one of the first movies that really spurred my love for Billie Holiday. Because there's a Billie Holiday song in that movie. And I absolutely adored it. And that really kind of kicked off my love for that stuff. But uh, yeah, and he's that- the best part of this movie. Like when he goes, gets taken and turned around, I, yeah. I, the movie goes for me. It, the, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that put a smile on my face in this movie was there is a particular character actor whom I love so much. His name is William Sadler. He, Aww, yay. he's in you know the star mm-hmm. of demon knight he's death from all the bill and ted movies you love him um, so much i mean who William doesn't he's Sadler is and he is like in this movie he is like the character actor's character actor in this movie like he oh gosh, clearly yeah. is trying to be like emulate the grandpa from yeah. national lampoon's christmas vacation <laughs> but he does it so well he's he, so he truly is such a good uh, character actor mm-hmm. and when he popped up like i saw his name pop up in the credits and i was like for real and then yes, when we sir. see his character i was like i i love you sir sir oh my I god i love you so much i uh, obviously <laughs> there are things about this movie that obviously are not appropriate in our in our day and age yeah. um with that being said, though, obviously it's a movie from the 90s. I'm not saying it was good that this is how we rolled back then, but it, unfortunately it is definitely how we rolled back then. Um, so, yeah, so there are things that, like, whereas with the faculty, I never felt like I'd have to, like, explain to the girls why that was okay then. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, because I definitely, um, I definitely feel like the faculty didn't have that at all, but... <laughs> In this, explaining the janitor who pretends to be special needs because he's so afraid and overwhelmed and doesn't know how else to fight the bad guys, he's a little problematic. <laughs> there, there may or may not be an excessive use of the R word. I know. I was like, and that makes me a little like I cringe, you know, like there yeah, are certain words not, on like me. That's not as acceptable. No, I we do, don't love it. We don't love it. No, I do. However, again, like this was my first watch. So I didn't know what to expect it's a movie called disturbing behavior i'm not gonna lie i kind of was mixing this movie up with the other katie holmes movie teaching, teaching Mrs. Mrs. Tingle, Tingle, which kevin williamson would choose to direct over directing the faculty really? ironically there we go <laughs> there we go so i'm like i'm kind of like i don't remember which is which but i'm like i don't i don't really Very know what's gonna happen in this movie <laughs> um i enjoyed that it was like the stepford teens in this yes, movie like it I was very too. it was very stepford wives really liked movie. the theme of that having sexual thoughts is what like made them freak the fuck out and like uh-huh. mess them up i thought that was a because right so so much of all the horribleness of teen years is the sexuality and the hormones and the budding understanding of yourself and what you need so to me it was although oh the rape i was so worried the rape scene was gonna go there and i didn't remember and i was like <laughs> you know it was to me i really liked that theme i really loved the the idea that they suggested that basically like repressing yourself repressing those urges trying to conform is what would actually break you you know like i i thought the scene where the parents were all voting was a little spooky like the thought of like being like yeah do whatever the hell to my kid 
as long as they come back better. Yeah. It's got me, uh, and I'm going to go on my tirade in a few minutes, but I want to finish talking about the movie and then, because that whole thought of like, I, I would do anything to make my kid behave got me down a rabbit hole for um like the, basically like the troubled teen industry. But let's put a pin in that because I want to finish talking about the movie first and then we could go down my rabbit hole if that's okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, the so I think it's worth noting too that I don't know if you knew this Jackie I only learned it from doing the research but apparently there were like 15 minutes of deleted scenes that cut got cut out of the movie and I went back and I like they itemized them all and described them all and I think it's available now in that screen factory blu-ray of this that came out but um apparently it does make the movie better like they explained that he, he blames his parents for the brother's suicide because they f- didn't let him see the girlfriend or like the there's a bunch of scenes apparently they have sex him and katie holmes in one scene and like there's a lot more that kind of develops the characters of the boy and his girl of interest mm-hmm. that that because that's one of my gripes right like it's, yeah it's a little messy as far as like who am i rooting for because i thought i was rooting for gavin but then he got turned you know right exactly I, yeah like i i kind of wish they would have explored kind of the effect of grief um that yes. like the grief that the, you know that the the family is going through and i mean it talks about the you know it, it brings to light you know the the parents want to have the kids conform because you know it'll be better and your life will be better and if you just you know if you do this now it'll pay off and it and at the same time that the parents are trying to conform the kids to quote-unquote normalcy to make their life better you've got Gavin or uh you've got um I forget the character's name it is Steve Steve Stevie um you've got Steve's parents who are doing just the opposite of being normal by completely ignoring their grief like they're essentially treating their eldest son as if he didn't exist because you're not allowed to talk about him you're not allowed to talk about the fact that he died you're not allowed to talk about how he died or anything so they are just as quote-unquote abnormal they're not you know living their life because they they have not accepted what has happened I'm, I'm bummed out that they I'm gonna have to see if I can watch some of those cut scenes because I would love a little bit more backstory on on the older brother who was delightfully played by Ethan Embry who is just I was very excited to see the, the, the 30 you know. seconds of him right exactly I've got huge heart eyes for Ethan Embry and I wanted more of it so it is I would I would like to see that yeah it's like I said, it, I can I can kind of see where this does kind of get pushed to the side, you know, of yeah, all the other like, stuff okay. that's coming mm-hmm. out. Yeah, like it is, it's a good movie. Like I said, I enjoyed it, but I can also see why it kind of, it, it falls by the wayside. Like it just doesn't hold up. It doesn't have the star power. Uh, while there's a lot of, you know, good people in this movie, Again, Dawson's Creek was just starting, so Katie Holmes, I don't think, was Katie Holmes at this time. Um, and James Marsden, I mean, that wasn't was it X Men? Was he, he? I know he was an X. Yeah, he was. X-Men, but like, had was... that come out yet? Like, I don't know that. No, no. I don't know that the, their their much. star power that they no. that they had eventually. I don't think that was there. So I think that that's Agreed. one of the things that hurt this movie, and why the faculty, you know, is the faculty is it's a it's an absolute you know blockbuster with all these stars, um, which is ironic because barely any of the people in the faculty, short of Elijah Wood, have made much. Like, yeah. None of those yeah. other people made are hard on the A-list, you know? So really, it's just that he went big. And I think the faculty's just a little better with writing and just hold up ability. Oh, looking at it with 2023 eyes. But I think even in the 90s, we can say it. Like, again, going back to the whole Stepford Wives thing, um, the idea of the American dream. And the idea of the American dream in our parents' generation when they were coming up, I mean, that was, I remember being, you know, when you're little, when we were little, when we were kids of the 80s, you know, you want to, you grow up, you get married, you get the dog, the picket fence, 2.5 kids, like that, that's the American dream is that conformity of grow up, get married, produce or reproduce and own a home. And the way that in the last 30 years, things have evolved. I mean, my American dream at this point is survive. 
you know, like be able to live my life without being in crippling debt and be able to, you know, help my parents if my parents need help, you know, for you, it's like raising your children and keeping them safe and keeping them educated, keeping them street smart. Like the idea of the American dream is so drastically different, even from from the 90s, because I think even in the 90s, we still had an element. Yeah, we were of still that. drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. We still had that element of grow up, get married, have kids. I mean, I think it was in the 90s and it was in that generation of 20 somethings in the 90s that things started to evolve, that things started right, because to get the bottom, different. the bottom fell out. I, I just, you're right. That's so poignant and so true, Jackie. I think you made a beautiful point there and took it above just the teenage drama because it is, it's the lie we told ourselves. And what what's troubling is that adults still try to conform kids to those norms. For yeah. some reason, it's like a safety blanket. Sociologically, we cannot depart from it. And I, as try as I might, I still, even me, find myself like falling into the trappings of this bullshit system we've created just to give some sort of tradition or normalcy, or I don't even know what the right word is for it. It's probably, bull. it's all bullshit. I hope these kids have the wherewithal to rebel because here's what I see like working in high schools is that we're still trying to push them towards the jocks, the nerds, the weird kids that, you know, like when the part of the fact too, she's like, you're the Stephen King kid. Like there are still Stephen King kids. Like yeah. I, it's so sad that we can't, the, the kids are such a microcosm of our inability to give up this bullshit system that doesn't work and stop conforming to the social norms that are such bullshit but i think the kids today are getting it and they're rebelling i really do there was that moment in the beginning uh when gavin and steve are sitting down and it's it's that mirrored scene from clueless when he's like you know the jocks sit over there and the micro nerds sit over there and you know in clueless oh it see was, that's funny you know, i thought the mean girls i thought of me the girls. stoners yeah. hang out on the hill in yeah. clueless and you know it, it, you have those you know, you have those little groups, the little cliques in high school that every high school has. But yeah, I mean, I know that I, I growing up, you know, when I was in high school, I was, I was with the, the theater kids slash choir kids slash right. band geek kids. Like right. we were, we were the freaks. We all have a place, right? Yeah. We all have a place. And unfortunately that still exists, but yeah, no, you're, you're so right. It's so much, so much has changed yet. Nothing has changed. And it's, it's, both terrifying in the face of modern politics and landscape and also well, I was going to say it's also it's also quite you know thinking about it now like the to get slightly political um you know recently I saw something on Instagram about a woman saying that she didn't like the Barbie movie because basically Barbie didn't end up with Ken and I have not seen the Barbie movie. So I'm just kind of going off. It's what a she's wonderful saying. piece of it is. And, it is truly wonderful. Yeah, and they were saying that a lot, that's the, uh, the sentiment of a lot of Republicans because they still hold, especially the, the Christian right wing, they still hold onto the ideal of the only way to live life is grow up, marry somebody of the opposite sex have kids, go to church, be a good Christian, you know, and apparently for them being a good Christian means hate everybody else. Um, but that's beside the point. But they were saying that like part of the problem that that the right wing had with the Barbie movie was that she didn't end up with Ken. Like how how could Barbie not end up how with Ken? How dare you? Yeah, like how he how can a woman okay? he is hashtag how, <laughs> Yeah, how can a woman <laughs> be independent? No, she needs to marry a man and be dependent on a man and you know her place is in the home and to raise the children right like and it is it is a method of control it is a method of conformity yeah. it is a method of manipulation and yet we are you're right so many especially particularly on the other side of the fence are so married to it um in spite of how much it really does just fuck everybody up and go probably against our nature yeah um, like unfortunately the ideal american dream of just is all lies you know you know it's it's be happy you know don't be a shitty human being don't you know? die from global warming or fires yeah, or you know it's like uh, the flesh-eating viruses or covid you know, that's our american would, dream what you would think should be the american dream is absolutely not but yeah no we gotta you know just survive that's depressing <laughs> and this movie this movie gave that all to me so one of the themes that both of these movies also had was the val how how sad it is that we put so much value on sports over things like theater music art all that good stuff and we still do i mean sports get so much more money and all of the other clubs and activities are still starving but it is sad sad to say that it is one of the big 
stupid traditions that bring in money and bring in school spirit and bring in positive culture. So as much as I hate that they get sports so much attention and money, I also like uh, I I was extremely lucky. The high school that I went to, um, our theater program got a ton of money. Our band got a ton of back money. Back in back then they got way yeah, more than like they our I mean it's not to say that our sports didn't get money, but like our band was winning like championships when the football team that they played for they were doing okay. You know, it's like I don't I I think that I feel like when I was in high school, I feel like our soccer teams did really well. And I think one year our softball team did really well. But like honestly there was so much money filtered into at least the programs I was involved in. Like I said, I, I yeah. wasn't in band, but all of my friends were, but I know that band got a lot of money. Um, I mean, we used to do choir competitions and choir trips and, and theater and like our, our theater productions were insane for being high school theater productions. Like I remember going to see like my friends in other high schools and they did well and like they're painting their own sets. And I'm like, we had someone come in and do it for us. Like we, you know, like I, I was very, very privileged to go to a school that really, really lifted their arts up. I, I, I truly do. And, and actually I was pissed when a couple of years after I graduated, they got a whole new brand new from the ground up fucking theater. And I was like, you bitches couldn't have done that when i was there <laughs> um, um no you're, you're you're right you're extremely privileged most yeah. places are not that lucky especially oh, places yeah. in the midwest and stuff i mean they cut yeah. these types of programs so consistently even just the basic education level of them but you know i also if it's okay with you i'd like to dive down my rabbit hole for trouble Please, i'm street. excited for the rabbit hole. oh this is crazy so this movie if you have not seen it you guys and i would recommend watching the extended edition to get the full effect but it's based on the premise that this crazy uh counselor comes to the school and there's always crazy counselors and uh like starts lobotomizing the kids to control them to change them in this weird way that never really gets fully explained whether it's a lobotomy whether it's a robot chip in their eye i'm not sure but there's shit going down there's also no teachers in the school because anytime they're all in the hallways it's just that creepy lpc counselor guy and like a principal um, <laughs> but anyway the whole town's kind of in on it the parents are basically sending their kids away and so i started looking into and I'm going to give credit to last podcast on the left here, episode 517, The Troubled Teen Industry, because I was like, wait a minute. This is in the 90s when all this stuff was at its heyday. Parents were sending kids away in droves. Jackie, you and I narrowly escaped getting sent away. I did often get threatened with boot camp. Luckily, my parents never followed through, though. Um, you were ba- I'm, remember, I'm the goody two-shoes. Good I was a bad I was kid. the goody yeah. two-shoes. There was... No military camp, no scared straight program. Oh, <laughs> maybe you no, should have not at all. I did exactly what my parents told me. I told you. I don't know if I've told this story, but I've lied to my parents, my mother in particular. I lied to her once when I was 15. I got caught. I got caught hard. I have not lied to my mother since that oh, day. Man. Like I, I too afraid. It was it was rough. It was one rough. nice thing about being a teen a uh, parent to teenage girls is that when they say stuff as shocked as I am or as much as I get angry, like stupid stuff they've done, I then quickly like in my head to my own horrible, horrible choices. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's okay. We can work with that. You know, like, but um, but I digress. I didn't I was not sent to one of these places, but scared straight programs and like thanks to Mori Povich and thanks to Geraldo and thanks to all of the fear-mongering anti-drug anti whatever that was happening in the moment kids in the mid to late 90s were getting sent away in droves in fact to this day this blew my mind this this statistic there's over 250,000 kids in teenagers in america placed in these types of places and what what so what are these places the first thing um is that it's a place whether it's a boot camp a school a psychiatric institution or a military organization but most of them are not actual military. They're just like private crazy people in the woods. Um, lots of people still send their kids to these places if they feel like their kids are out of control. Now in the 90s, it got extreme. Like you found your kids drinking, send them to trouble, scared straight. You found your kid smoking pot, put them in some weird camp somewhere. You found your kid was gay, put them in a camp somewhere. Like there was so many things that think. But the problem is, is that these places regularly use abuse, neglect, sexual violations, torture, bullying, um, all kinds of crazy shit and if you remember watching Geraldo and like those shows in the 90s 
grown adults would stand in front of small children and scream and berate them and curse at them and scream. And we all were like, that's delightful. And really they were traumatizing children. So the kids who were coming home, quote unquote, behaving themselves were actually horrifically traumatized and so mentally unstable that they, the parents thought, oh my God, that worked because they were no longer doing anything appropriate for a kid at the day. So a couple examples, right old in your hometown of Philly, there was a camp called Vision Quest <laughs> back in the 90s where 13 kids died over the span of the program's existence. How did the kids die? Uh, things like they literally left them in the woods to starve. <laughs> they beat them to death. They waterboarded them. Now, the worst part is that this place is still open to this day. And Jackie, and this is all allegedly, obviously, hashtag allegedly. The craziest part is, is that now it's a camp where they put undocument- undocumented kids who are caught in the Philadelphia area. And my fear is that there's still abuse of children going on there. And I like I just read a big, I wound up falling down that rabbit hole, right? The other rabbit hole I fell down was another place called Camp O'Neill out in Ohio, where they took the kids and they used to put them out on a frozen lake as a means of like, tor- I guess I say torture, but they're saying, you know, punishment, behavior modification. Yeah. Um, the kids fell through the ice and drowned oh yeah so like things like that and i'm just giving you a little teaser you guys if you really well, want to fall I, into this, it's terrible we were texting a little bit about this earlier and i had said that i remember in the you know recent few years i think there was a documentary or something that paris hilton came out and was talking yeah. about her time getting sent to at a at a school I believe mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, quote unquote. She's quote doing air quotes. And it was one of those, it was one of those situations where, you know, you're not allowed to write letters to your parents. There's like zero contact. And if you have any, it is monitored contact. And the unfortunate part is this kind of goes back to an age-old problem that has always happened. That, you know, if you're a kid at one of those places and you do actually get to talk to your parents freely and you're like, hey, they're abusing me, they're doing XYZ, they're doing blah, blah, blah you know, the parents can confront the staff and the staff will make a million excuses and they're lying. They're just trying to leave. It's like, it goes back to the, nobody believes the kids, you know, like the kids, so true. Yeah. you know, why would you believe a kid over they talk an about adult? that a lot uh, yeah. on last podcast on the left? Yeah. Talk about an, ad- that an adult would not lie. Kids. Yes, they lie. So clearly the kid is lying or and the, the kid, kid is exaggerating. was smoking the devil's lettuce, Jackie. You can't yeah. believe anything they say. You can't believe anything they say. Well, and, and to go back to the faculty, at one point when Elijah Wood brings the police in to explain and he tells them everything that happens, you know, there's a convenient excuse to clarify everything. And, you know, the adults are the ones that are manipulating the situation. And, you know, it's, I, I, you know, I've talked about this, I forget what episode this even was where I had said this, but I said, you know, for as much as I am not a big fan of kids, I am a big fan of children and especially teenagers being treated like humans, you know, like don't, uh, here comes the advice from the non-parent, don't lie to your kids, don't manipulate your kids, you know, like I don't think a parent would have, you know, I, I just don't like when children are spoken down to when they are talked to as a lesser person simply because they are younger it's so funny how the most powerful tool for me is just to be like you really let me down like that's 10 times worse than any yelling or oh the guilt game my guilt game's on point girl when i got (laughs) busted the one time i lied to my mom the thing she said to me that just shook me to the core was i'm so mad at you I can't look at you. I expect this of your brother. I did not expect this of you, which was essentially her saying, I'm disappointed in you. Right. And I was like, you're supposed to be the good one. No. Also the next day when she talked to me, she was like, do you think I'm stupid? I'm like, of course not. And she's like, well, you lied to me. You thought you could get away with it. You think you're going to outsmart me? Like, I was like, I don't oh, think my kids always stupid. think they're smarter than me, yeah. you know, and she's like, if you lied to me thinking you'd get away with it, you think I'm stupid enough to fall for it. And I'm Damn, like, I don't think you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I should try that like, one with the girls. I'm yeah. telling you, man, like, stupid. and again, like I, I had always been a good kid. I had that one fuck up. Never lied to my mom. I'm talking like senior year. I'm like, ma, there's a party at so-and-so's house. Can I go? She's like, are the parents home? I'm like, nope. She's like, is there going to be alcohol? I'm like, yep. yep. She's like, 
don't drink. I said, yeah. pinky swear, I won't drink. And she let me go. So I that's had exactly how I want to be with the girls. I had yeah. friends like pissing themselves because like, oh, I said I was spending the night at so-and-so's right. house. And the then other one's you don't have to lie. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, my mom knows I'm here. She said, if things get hairy, call me. She'll come pick me up. And that's me too. I, I remember the next day she was like, how you feeling? I'm like, I'm sugar high from all the Coca-Cola I drank. But I said, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't drink. She believed me. I never gave her a reason to to disbelieve me. So yeah. yeah, like I I'm like the one kid that the Dare program worked for because I will never <laughs> forget that there was a story that they told and obviously oh it's like a fake made up story. One out of they, 5 bagillion that have they congratulations about, Dare. They talked about it. this guy who was graduating high school. He got drafted by the NBA. Like he was about to have his whole life in front of him. And the night before his very first game in the NBA, he, for the first time ever, did a line of Coke and it killed him. Oh and my I God. swear to God, like I am the one, one person. I'm the one person that like, I didn't. Were we I all sides that book? The devil bled in blood. <laughs> I mean, I was in college. I was the good kid. I and you know, and I grew up with an older brother who was drinking in the woods with his friends when they were right, teenagers. Right. And yeah, my brother you know, was the goody teacher. So. You know, they were spinning wheels in the parking lot and getting in trouble and cutting class and yeah, you know. So I'm like, I and I would hear him get yelled at, and I'm like, that is scary to get yelled at. So hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, there you go. Lola's available parenting classes. Yeah, um, absolutely. I was one of. I don't think that I was one of those disturbing behavior. What are they, the blue ribbons? I wasn't quite like a blue ribbon kid, um, but that's I was, no one should be a blue ribbon kid. That's the yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was still like, you know, yes, no problem, mom. Do my chores, I, not a problem. I see, I see childhood being stripped away from like that's what I liked about this movie too. Like the reminder yeah. that kids need to be kids and not be psycho about like their grades and their this and their that. They don't need to be perfect. It's okay. Well, they can just. Be and kids. I mean, not for nothing, but like, it's something that my mother learned as as I would get older as a teenager that like the your parents vision for you might not be your vision like i remember like back to school shopping one of my mom's best uh. friends had a kid that was my age and like they go to the mall and she would complain like you know oh she wanted this 100 pair or 100 pair of jeans she wanted this 75 dollar t-shirt blah 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 and my mom was like that's all she wanted for me but i was like hey mom at goodwill if you give them ten dollars you can fill up a you know a shopping bag like a brown paper mm -hmm. shopping bag you can fill it up for like 10 15 bucks and my mom's like really i'm like yeah let's go back to school shopping at goodwill like i refused to That's wear funny. any like logo of any like old old navy i refused i'm like she loved like, found my old it. navy shirts i refused the only old navy thing i had was overalls because the old navy on the rivets was written <laughs> real small but i was like I'm not wearing an old Navy shirt. I'm like, are they paying me for this advertisement? I'm like, wow. I am not going to so, conform to the man. You're so much oh, yeah. cooler. I was like, <laughs> I love old Navy. I <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Old Navy. Yeah. The, the most money, my mom, we would go to the mall school shopping because I had to go to Hot Topic to buy my band t-shirts. And before you come at me for buying my band t-shirts at Hot Topic. That was the only I, place we could find them, motherfuckers. I, well, I was not allowed to go to concerts. So I couldn't get them at concerts because my mother would not let me go she to was, concerts. She was smart. She kept so you good. So the only place I could get my band t-shirts was Hot Topic. So that's It was hard to find. You couldn't just was. order them on the interwebs, you know? Like, yeah, I wasn't. Well, we you had kids, to mail away. You had to work away. for it. Yeah, you had to mail away. I get, like, guitar magazines and mm -hmm. you could mail away. Yeah. And I have, I have my mom. That's how I got my Alanis Morissette shirt. Yeah, I think I got like uh, I got a helmet. For. I got like a helmet and maybe nice. like a slipknot or something. I don't even oh, remember. You were so much cooler. But I know I got, I got some like band shirts out of one of my brother's guitar magazines. Yeah. Yeah, but that's how you had to do it. I wasn't allowed to go to concerts, so I had to go and go to Hot Topic and get my Ugh. Nine Inch Nail shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's worth a PSA real quick that the troubled teen industry still thrives to this day. Apparently the government gives billions of dollars to it still. Um, most of it is like richy boarding school, like Paris Hilton style places. Yeah. But they still use really problematic psychological and physical and emotional abuses, in my humble opinion, and calling them abuses. But, you know, some people still send their kids to these things. But yeah, so just y'all be, you know, if your kid acts up, you know, maybe don't send them away to a place where they're going to be like drowning in a lake. That seems terrible. Teenagers are going to make mistakes. They're gonna they are stupid human. shit. Yeah. They're going to do more stupid shit than you are because they are still teenagers and they don't have, a, you know, a lot of life lessons yet. That's to right. Dive, to dive back into the movie real quick, I do mm -hmm. want to highlight 
that the real hero of this movie is William Sadler because he figures <laughs> he out does. how <laughs> how to defeat them. He sacrifices himself. Like, oh my god, he really not, did. You know, can we not call William Sadler the final boy of this movie? Can I think it's fair. That? I think he's well, not only the final boy, but obviously, like, literally saves the town. You're right. He's the guy he who does. saved the town. Yeah, he, he's the real hero here. He's the real I hero. I mean, no offense to... And to, he loves Kurt Vonnegut. And he, he loves Kurt Vonnegut. Um, because what I saw Slaughter has, I was like, hee, I yeah. hoped so, but I was waiting for him to quote it. Like, I was like, he's going to say something like it, so it goes, or like, you know, like, and he didn't. And I was like, oh, what a missed opportunity. If I was writing this movie, this is why nobody's going to pay me to write a movie. I'd be like, and now I'm going to put it because <laughs> I'm so smart and literary. Um, yeah, I loved that uh, as much as it was obviously a, a scooch problematic. He was delightful. <laughs> He was delightful. And yeah, like he I was. said, you know, he's he's the real hero here. Like, you know, <laughs> I know that I know that Steve and Katie Holmes were doing their part. And sure. Maybe sure. it could have gotten done without them, but it's certainly shout out to the um the guy what's that disorder. The why do I keep wanting to say amoeba? Not amoeba. Oh, albino. You albino, mean. thank you. Oh my god. I have a note about how much I love UV. Because Shout out he to goes UV. back and he saves Steve's sister. He's he does. Protected, he put, I have that note that yay, all UV saved up. Lindsay. He the did. guy who didn't have any. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, one of the things I love about Steve as a character is that he doesn't. He's the new guy who doesn't become the typical new guy. He's yeah. the new guy who never settles. And when the because like I kept thinking to myself like, would I go with Gavin and UV? Probably not. They're 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 being a little weird. Like they're being creepy. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of like stranger danger. Maybe it's because I'm a girl or whatever. But like he rolls with it. He really does, and he never judges anybody. And when they do the scene with the jocks and the nerds and the blah blah blah, like I don't I love it because he's just like, all right, fuck it, cool. And I don't think he fits in anywhere. So I love that about him. And yes, you're right. UV goes from the guy who doesn't respect your physical space and says weird things because he's stoned to a hero. To an absolute Neville Longbottom transformation there. I see you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I loved that he went back and was protecting Steve's little sister. I was like, that's what's up. I want to say that like kind of how there was like some flaws at the end of the faculty. Mm -hmm. Um, I do see some flaws at the end of disturbing behavior because the end they're, you know, they're on the ferry. Where are they going? Steve, uh, yeah, Steve and Katie Holmes are like, where are we going? Home. Where's home? Wherever. And it's like, dude, you're an 18 year old high school student. Where are you, go- where are you going? Drop you don't got money. Yeah. Oh like, my where- God. Did you, where did you did, how quickly did you turn into a 42 year old in that moment? You're like, oh, you think you're just going to go roam the world? Like, exactly. I went I'm like, into mob mode so hard. <laughs> I'm like, you got what? Enough for like two nights at a hojo? And you like, guys are going to, you're in love where forever. You, you don't even, you can't even, you don't even know his last name. <laughs> I'm like where where are you where are you running away and live on the streets? Great. There's gonna be an amber alert for her, okay? Yeah. Like, but like, yeah, you did kind of just slightly kidnap your sister. That ending kind of just I had to giggle because yeah, Me I too. went I I turned into like Aunt Jackie and I'm like, where where are you going, guys? Uh, uh, yeah. So listen, as as we eke our way back into the fall, as we eke our way back into school, just remember, school sucks. It's it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, K through 12 are rough. We still do a lot of things wrong. We still ask these kids too much. We still ask them to conform too much. We still have these yeah. social norms that suck. Please, so you know, be nice to your 18, local teenagers. You're, you're 18 years old. What do you want to be when you grow up? Tell me right, right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you're forcing, they're still, are, are, now here's the question. Are they still pushing the the only way to be successful is go to a four-year college. No, not or at all. Have they in started fact, to finally really, realize that trade schools really and offer my big rule? And I, I work with you know three hundred sixty-five seniors every year. My big rule is just as long as you have a plan, like if yeah. you like go to trade school, because the only people who are going to really like I worry is the kid who's like I have no clue. Yeah. Go to trade school. Go get a job. I helped yeah, the kid this year get a line, get a work towards being a lineman for the like PSE and G right out of high school. Like cool, there are yeah. wonderful, and he's going to be making more than I am in a couple of years. Wonderful, awesome opportunities out there. Just have a plan. So we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. We hope if you are heading back to school in any capacity as a teacher, as admin, as counselor, as student, we hope that the beginning of your school year does not suck total ass. That's right. Um, and, you know, just think of it this way. Sure, back to school, summer's over. But you know what? Back to school means September. September means it's almost spooky season. It spooky. is almost time. 
for Halloween. Woo! Our favorite time of the year. And we have a lot of fun things planned for our Always. spooky season. Always. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. You are on all of our social medias and, and liking things and getting all that info because unless you're doing all that, you're going to miss it out. And you don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss out no. on all the fun. There might be more free, unsolicited asinine advice, advice that comes out of my mouth. Yeah, We don't know. No, if, if we're lucky. And Jackie, please remember that you, you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat, okay? In in honor oh. of the 90s movies, I'm drinking a Clearly Canadian that I got <laughs> off of Amazon. No. Are you really? I really, well, truly. What's the it's... expiration date on that? No, they still make these. Oh I found God. them on Amazon. Have they Mix it with a Zima. <laughs> So yeah, just to bring the nostalgia yeah. full circle. She'll wash it down with a Zima later. <laughs> no, these are not alcoholic. <laughs> these are just seltzery, sparkling yeah. water. Yeah, it's just sparkling water. They're like natural ingredients. Cheapy sweet seltzeries, but they're fancier. And, but these aren't too sweet. They're super no. good. So yeah, this is this is my them. nostalgia. I want plug. one I now. I want to try. Anyway, on that anyway, note. on that note. <laughs> uh, bye bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.